0: Welcome back to another episode of end, to end Joe has a fresh fade for us, and there's also a fresh trade for us to diagnose with your Montreal Canadiens, Joe. They're back in the news once again a week later. Actually, less than a week later, we're here talking about the Montreal Canadiens doing another move, one in the wheelhouse that may come very soon, but one has happened, and it happened on Monday. Tyler Toffoli has been traded to the Calgary Flames. Uh, so you could go through all the trade. You could name the trade, whatever it is. And you can go into depth first about the Calgary Flames acquiring Tyler Toffoli from your Montreal Canadiens.
1: Unfortunately, this trade happened. I did not want it to happen. And a lot of Habs fans didn't want it to happen. Firstly, because he has two years left on his deal. had a great contract. So if you were going to move him, you could wait till the summer. Still has two years left, whatever. There is no need to move him right now. They got a first for this year, which is top 10 protected, which is, I mean, it's obvious Calgary's like on a roll right now. They're not the, they're not going to tank obviously the rest of the season. So that's going to be a 2022 first round pick, which is fine. They got a first, then they got a fifth in 2023. And then they got prospect Emil Heinenmann who was the prospect that Florida traded to Calgary in the Sam Bennett deal uh, last trade deadline. So I don't know what to really make of him. He's been traded twice. So I don't know how valuable he was. He is. He's a second round pick from 2020 drafts. he's only 20 and he's currently in the SHL playing pretty well, but I don't know what he's supposed to be. Like he's not one of the flames, top prospects, which I was not happy about getting. And they got wave rider, Tyler Pitlick as well. So now they have all three Pitlicks in the Montreal organization. Tyler is actually the cousin of REM. Who's Montreal picked up off waivers? And then the brother of Rem plays in Laval. Woohoo! So, so there's three Pitlicks.
0: <laughs> that was the deal
1: breaker. That was the deal breaker. Pitlick, not Dube. Pitlick. I don't like the trade. I still don't after two days. The only thing is a first, which is fine. A first is a first. This is going to be a deep draft, so that's mm-hmm. fine. Hyman, I don't know what he's supposed to be. People are saying he's like a more offensive Lekkinen. I'm like, okay, it's <laughs> not great. If he's if he could score more than Lekkinen, fine. I'll take him as a third liner. So it was like a first, a third liner, a fifth, and then a, a basically salary for Pit. Like for a guy that has already scored for Calgary last night, as I knew he would. Um, to Foley is a really good player. He's basically like guaranteed twenty five goals on a good team again on a good deal. So that so whatever, like on the surface, if you're not a Montreal fan, if you're like a more casual fan who didn't follow Foley the last couple of years, mm-hmm. this seems like a kind of like a even trade in the sense that Montreal is awful. They don't really have a need for Toffoli. They still got a first, blah, blah, blah. It's not like Toffoli like a star player or anything. He's a really good player, good top six winger. For on the Calgary side, obviously this is a guy that they were gunning for um this is a perfect player they need for their for their depth especially on their second and third lines or whoever wherever he played play on the third line yesterday but it was just his first game um he's going to be great on the power play because he's great on the power play with montreal um it just it sucks because i really like to i love the signing when they signed him uh two off seasons ago he somehow went to the third day of free agency i don't know how he was so good with vancouver like when he got traded there in the bubble and no one signed him immediately. So I love that Montreal signed him. He'll always live in in, in in glory with that cup run. Mm-hmm. Obviously he scored the, the game clinching, the series clinching goal against the Jets in game four. Um, he was always, even, even this year with how bad they've been, he's been arguably their best player, even though he was injured. <laughs> i just going to say that. <laughs> Literally he, he missed like six to eight weeks and he was still like top, I think he had the most points.
0: Mm.
1: So that's embarrassing. But I really like Tofoli. I want him to do well. Even though he was only here for like a year and a bit, he'll, he'll always live in, in Montreal, lore just for that cup run. But the, only, the thing I got to bring up with Calgary is that this kind of signals that they should go all in this year because they have a ton of free agents after this year. Mm-hmm. Two of their top players on their line, and their two best players in, in Goudreau and Kachuk, One's a UFA, one's an RFA. They have Manjapani, who was an RFA. Now the Chillington thing with Foley. Well. yeah, yeah, kill it, Chillington. And the thing is, Toffoli's got term, so it's not like his money's coming off the books for next year. So whatever little money they had next year to sign all those guys, is now over 4 million of that is gone. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting what Calgary's going to do here, because they, they honestly do look like a legit team. I still think they need a defenseman. Um, Cause I don't like Zadorov and good Branson as a pair. They need another, maybe an offensive guy. I'm not too sure, but I think they are a defenseman away. Markstrom stands on his head like every other game gets a shutout. So I think it's on the surface is good for both sides, but Calgary won based on the fact that the could have probably got more. If they, if Montreal got a better prospect in the picture, the same, I'd be totally fine, but I think Calgary wins the trade.
0: Yeah, no, like it's, it's a tough one to deal. Obviously bad timing. Like you said, Foley, had two more years. You didn't need to make that trade right away. If you make it at the deadline, it just, it's not that bad, but I get what you're saying. Um, I was very shocked. A guy with term gets traded for like basically what David Savard got almost out of Columbus, who was a rental. And obviously won the cup with Tampa doesn't matter, but you know, it's just tough. Like a guy with term, a guy who's really good. He could score 25 goals, get you 50 plus points in a season. And it's now probably going to do that in Calgary. Like it's just tough to see a guy go his third Canadian team in two years, two and a half years or something like that. Vancouver, Montreal, Calgary. So I guess he's familiar with what happens up in here, but I like, I really like Tyler defoe as a player. I think he'll excel with Calgary and Tom made a good point on our podcast. He said, let's say they can't get Mangiapane done or, you know, it's been, I think Manj is the guy who's probably not, is going to be the toughest to get done in my opinion. So if you can't get a guy uh, signed like that to Foley, I guess, gives you insurance for him because he's two years, 4 million. The man just probably gonna ask for five. Like, let's be honest here. Um, If you can't really get a guy like signed like that, you trade him for a defenseman or you trade him for a couple picks and you have to fool, you could step in for a guy like Mangiapane, but, yeah, it's, for Montreal, I would have, like, what are what are teams doing with these fifth-round picks? Like, make it a second. Make it a third. You don't make it a mid-round pick. Like, if you're going to get a prospect like Zary, like Pelletier, like the defense and they have in Poirier, you don't need that fifth. But you've got a guy in Heinemann who's, like you said, Joe, he's been traded twice. There's no secret about it. Obviously, he doesn't really, he's not really, really highly touted because he's been traded twice as a young player, not even playing an NHL game, so. I mean, it's a tough one because toffoli has been good for you guys. He's a good player when he uh, plays with good players. And we saw last night a 6-2 route versus Columbus, and he got an awesome goal there. So he's a familiar guy with Sutter. Uh, I think he'll do good under the Calgary Flames wing. So tough one for Montreal. But I think if they get that first round pick and pick the right guy, I think it's it's going to look brighter for Montreal there. But it all depends on who they select.
1: The only thing like I'll say, like say they get, They're obviously trading more guys. Yeah. Like Sherrod. (laughs) Say Sherrod gets a first, which he shouldn't. He should. (laughs) But he might still, based on all indications. Right. Say he gets a first. They'll have three first round picks in this draft. Like, would they package two of them and then move up even further? So, say, like, I don't know what their lottery pick would be. Obviously, they're the best luck right now getting Shane right. Say they don't get right or they just get the top three. Would they package two of the first that they potentially could have on top of their own to move up even further and get like two studs in the top five? Like, I don't know if, if they would do that or if that would happen, but then then I could see that, okay, getting that first for Toffoli was, you know, it was okay because you package it and you got a, a top five prospect, two mm-hmm. top type prospects. But I mean, we'll see what happens with the with the draft lottery,
0: so yeah it all rides on there um it's not a stupid decision it's, it's I, I don't think it's ever been done like two first for to upgrade to go up like i don't think it's been done like in recent history it was like the Chickering, the mcleod the Logan brown trade like that yeah. sort of stuff but we haven't seen two first go for like um lottery spots up in the top five so it's interesting it's, it's an interesting conversation to have and definitely one the hab should have if that ever happens but i think we're good with this trade We'll see if Sherrod is traded within the next few weeks because he's highly touted of the league uh, in the league. No idea why, <laughs> but you know, but we'll see what happens. Um, smaller trade for the Habs though. They got Andrew Hammond from the Wild. Who um, goalie depth, I guess, because their goalies suck <laughs> that are playing right yeah. now. So I don't know what that does.
1: Yeah, it's mostly to just not ruin Primo because he's been god awful this year. Which like you can't fully blame him because the team's awful, but like. Some games they honestly could win and he just, like, plays like shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, making sure you don't absolutely butcher his development and just keep him in Laval the rest of the year away from this, from losing every game. That's why they got Hammond and they gave up, like, a random AHL player to get him. So, like, they're just going to throw in Hammond and Montembeau, uh for the rest of the season, I would think. And then, I don't know, when Allen's coming back, when mm-hmm. Price is coming back, who knows what's going to happen. The whole team could be different in a month from now.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yep. We'll see what happens with trade deadline. The Habs are going to be definitely busy selling. And honestly, like my team sells, I remember when the Maple Leafs sold, it was a pretty nice time to see the future kind of rise. But uh, another guy who's on the market that says he's not really on the market, but he is, I don't know, the captain of the Flyers, Claude Giroux, uh, in his comments today, he said he loves being a flyer. He loves spending his time here. He's thankful he's got this long of a ride for the Flyers. And the first person that mentioned this stat was Drebbit in our uh, FHL chat. He said that Claude Giroux would be playing his last game on 999 for the Flyers. So if he were to be moved, his 1,000th game is with his new team in his first game. So I don't know how that happened, but it did. Um, We have three teams, though, three teams that might trade for Claude Giroux. Uh, You could go first with your three teams.
1: So some of the two that I've picked, we both, we both of us have two of the three that are the same, but these are because these have already kind of been reported that uh, Drew has a no trade clause. So apparently he would waive it to select teams. And those teams have already been leaked. Those are being the avalanche and the wild. So somewhere on the West coast is where he would, I guess, want to go. So I have the avalanche and wild as my two teams because avalanche need to get past the second round this year. They need to get to a cup final, like, ASAP because they have they have to just based on contracts the team the health everything they'll like they they underperform making it to the second round with how good they are so they need I don't know Giroux could provide that that boost to get to a Cup final we'll see in
0: mm-hmm. the
1: Wild obviously they're a really good team the Wild they play a specific way and that's why they're so successful Caprice is a star now they got Matt Boldy just scoring hat tricks <laughs> less than like a month into his career. Um, so they're a good team, but they're missing, they're still missing. I think another, another piece on offense, yep. even though they could score a lot. I think like someone like Giroux, maybe who plays center, maybe just plays on the wing. Like he's always been the last couple of years could help them there. Um, and then I have the Leafs here solely because they have to go all in this year or jobs will be, will be fired. People mm-hmm. get fired if they do not win around this year. doesn't matter if they play Florida, Tampa, it doesn't matter. They're built similar to those teams, like maybe Florida has more depth, which they do, a mm-hmm. the be- little bit better defense in terms of depth. But like the Leafs still have superstars. They still need to. They need to win around this year. If they win around, things could be different. But if they lose and play one of those teams and just lose and lose Game Seven, they come out flat or whatever. Jobs will be lost, and I think if they could get Drew to wave is no wave his no move clause to go there that that's a perfect guy on the second line with Tavares and Nylander even on the first line with Matthews and Martin. That, that would be lethal so
0: yeah we'll, we'll see what happens they spent a ton of picks the last few deadlines on players that eventually walked away in the summer so we'll see um, but like you said the two teams avalanche abs for me as well uh, and then the other team I have is national predators I've said this at the I think in our chat it might have been the RFHL chat but the f- Nashville Predators are never going to rebuild. So they're always just going to go for it. And what better way to reward your team with Claude Giroux than what they're doing this season? Because nobody thought they were going to be do- this good. They didn't think Duchesne was going to be this good. They didn't think Johansson was going to be good. And if you get an insurance with the Giroux on the top six, replacing a guy like Eli Tolvinen, go do it. So I think the Preds have to be all over him. And he matches that ginger mentality in Nashville for some reason, but if he's on the market, go ahead and get him because you got to reward your team for what they're doing this year, especially with all their young guys and UC Saros doing good. Maybe they need a defenseman as well, but Claude Giroux for me has to be one of those guys you have to look at for the Nashville Predators. But other teams have seemed to be interested. I heard the New York Rangers. I I don't see it happening, division rivalry. But if that happens, that'd be wild because division rivalry and they've played each other a bunch of times, a few times in the playoffs and it's been hard nosed in that.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty crazy. Uh, I mean, New York's going to be active because we've kind of said this in our group chat. The only reason they're so relevant this year is because of their goalie Igor Shosturkin, who I think has a nine forty save percentage on the season, not just in the last few games. I'm pretty sure it's nine forty on the year. He, I watched uh, you watched. We both watched uh, the Boston Rangers game last night. It was Swayman played unreal as well, but Shosturkin made like two unbelievable saves. At the end of the third and in overtime, he, he gets decked by Smith, leaves the game for concussion uh, spotting, comes back and then makes like seven saves in the in the shootout. Like, yeah. he is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, he's a special goalie. And they needed that right after Lundqvist, you know, didn't want to come back. Obviously, went to the Capitals. We know what happened there. But they got a blessing with Igor Shosturkin. Again, they're blessed with goalie that team. They just can never figure it out. In that first round they can never get over that hump for some reason in the last few years but yeah claude Giroux on the market we'll see what happens close to the deadline but some quick news the team claude Giroux played last night was the pittsburgh penguins and going to that game cindy crosby was on career number 499 nhl goals he hit the 500 career nhl goals mark now whenever crosby is brought up in the goal conversation you're like oh he's not a goal scorer he's just playmaker and that's all that I've been hearing on the radio and the broadcast. Oh, he was never a goal scorer. We didn't think he'd be get 500 goals. He ultimately did. He had 150 goal season. I believe he won the Rocket that year, right?
1: Yeah, I think he's actually won two Rockets.
0: Yeah, one was a weird one where he got like 30-something, which is low. That was an NHL yeah. low or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, Sidney Crosby, I know you were an OV guy growing up. I was a Sid guy, so I'm all over this with him scoring 500.
1: Yeah, I mean – Like you said, like, he still isn't seen as a goal scorer, though, because he had, like, what, like, 900 assists or 800 assists. So he has, like, 300 more assists than than goals or something like that. So, obviously, he's still more of a playmaker, but this guy scores so consistently. Like, it's not outrageous numbers like Ovi puts up. Obviously, Ovi has, like, 260 more goals. Um, But, like the points for both these players are the same. Obi's played more games, so Crosby's point per game is better. Like Crosby just consistently when healthy scores like 25 to 35 goals a year. Sometimes he has like a like that 50 goal a year that one year. Sometimes high 30s like he's just consistent like 30 plus guy usually for the most part. Um just very underratedly scores a lot of goals obviously with 500 um and it was assisted by his man Gino on the power play so it's kind of a perfect kind of connection there and then uh, did you see that post I did yeah with Tang and Gino (laughs) yeah
0: that's very funny
1: Malkin tags himself nice assist and tags himself (laughs) on the post so unbelievable career for cross unbelievable milestone um he, they had this conversation on the radio yesterday. How many more years is he actually going to play? Because, like, obviously he has nothing really to prove anymore. Because, like, they were saying, like, he's not like Ovi in the sense where he's chasing a number. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously Ovi's chasing Gretzky's goal number. Crosby's won his three cups, has all the hardware. Like, like, how much longer do you think he would play? Like, do you think he would just finish out his contract and that's it? Like, that's where – because no one really knows about Crosby. Like, he keeps everything so – so private no one really knows like what his thoughts are on like his future is he gonna play till he's 40 maybe past that who knows
0: yeah time will only tell I mean if Pittsburgh is good which they are they're having a tremendous year you just yeah. got to keep going for it I don't know what you have to trade at the deadline to upgrade your team but they seem to be going good right now uh, injuries is that team's killer for god's sake I mean Malkin injured the last few playoff rounds So if you can get a healthy lineup with the whole Pittsburgh squad going into the playoffs, that's a win in itself. And I think that's an acquisition in itself for that Mm -hmm. matter. Um, But Crosby 500 career goals, unbelievable. Um, Next next one's pretty surprising too. Peter Laviolette wins game number 700 in his NHL coaching career. Uh, So he won that obviously with the uh, Capitals last night versus his old team, the Nashville Predators. Underrated head coach for me. I've got to say Peter Laviolette's pretty underrated.
1: He is very underrated. He has a cup, right?
0: I don't know. Did he coached the Capitals, the uh, Flyers, and the Predators, which I can remember? But is there an Anaheim in there? I don't know. Let me check. I'm quickly yeah. googling it. Go ahead, guy, because he's been in the league for a while, right? Like he hasn't. This is not a new head coach. Like he's been in the league. He's a veteran, obviously, with that number 700. A veteran in this league, uh, for Peter Laviolette, so his style has never really worn out in a way like he plays the same style he played in the Philly with the National Predators obviously has to tweak it over the time where you get more skilled players but you have those grinders you have those hitters you have those uh, role players like you said last week with structure versus system they have a structure and Peter Laviolette um, you know does that structure to a T whatever team he's on like he fixed basically OV right like he fixes him and Barry Trotz fixed Ovi in that defensive-minded game that Ovi wasn't really doing when he was just broken controller Ovi.
1: Yeah. So, like, uh, he's – like you said, like, he uh, he has his own structure that he plays with, not a system. Every – all of his teams kind of play the same, like you said. And then, like, he, I I noticed, like, a lot of his, like, star players usually thrive when he's there. Like, for Philly, like, I'm pretty sure when he was with Philly – that was like Giroux's best years. And then Nashville, they went to the cup final. Um, was that with him? Yeah, it was. Because yep. he replaced Trot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then he's only been with Washington for a few years now. OB still scoring at an unreal uh, pace. Mm-hmm. And just going back, uh, he actually did coach the Islanders and the Hurricanes back in the day. And he actually won the cup with Carolina in 06.
0: Damn. So he
1: does have a cup on his resume. Plus 700 wins. He went to the finals, I think. He went to the finals with Philly. They lost. Yep. Nashville, they lost. So he's been to the finals three times, I think.
0: Has experience, man. And
1: yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a very underrated coach, like you said.
0: Yep, so that's a big congrats to those two guys. Another congratulations, though. One of the biggest news story of the whole NHL season with the Buffalo Sabres, the Vegas Golden Knights. Jack Eichel is finally back in action. He'll make his debut versus the Colorado Avalanche. What harder opponent to go against in your first game back? It's pretty hard. Avs versus Vegas. That's a Western Conference title match right there. Your boy Eichel's back. You took him in fantasy. You took a chance on him, and he's back mid-February.
1: Let's go. I'm so pumped. It's about time. I waited so long. I drafted him.
0: When did you draft him?
1: Third round, Fourth. No, no, way later than that. I drafted him. Um, hang on a second. Okay, I'll, I'll improvise while I'm pulling this up. But um, I actually drafted him in the eighteenth round.
0: Oh really? Why are we so dumb?
1: <laughs> I don't know. We knew we he was, was gonna come back. <laughs> yeah, I kind of took. I just took a gamble. I said he might. He. I think he's gonna get traded, which he did. Yeah. And well. Yeah. I,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Then. Then I. I kind of like it might when I drafted him. I'm like, hey, okay, like. He's going to get traded because he has, to, like, it was just so bad yeah. at that time. And then I'm like, okay, he's obviously going to go to a contender. Then Vegas was always sniffing around, always big guys. Obviously, got traded to Vegas, immediately had the surgery, and he's already back like two, I think, what, three months after the surgery? Mm-hmm. First game back, like you said, uh, my gamble paid off. So hopefully, I could finish strong the rest of the year. But anyway, going back to Taiko, mm-hmm. he's been off for almost a full calendar year. So it's gonna be it's gonna be great to see him back in action. He's still only like 25 years old. Makes it seem like we're talking about this guy for like 10 years. Yeah, But he's still pretty young. He's exactly what Vegas needs. I know we always say, oh, they always get the stars and stars, but they've never had an elite number one, like top 10 center in the league. Now they do. If he's back to his full health, full capabilities, all that, we'll find out tonight. Um, but it, it must, for him personally, it must feel great leaving that that Buffalo franchise, going to like an exciting Vegas team living in Vegas. So it, it's good for Eichel, I would say.
0: Yeah. Well, what do you think his form going to be back uh, with Vegas? Like, do you think? Well, obviously, he's 100 percent like they wouldn't put him in if he isn't. But like, do you think it's the Jack Eichel we're going to be seeing that scores a bunch of goals, a bunch of assists carrying his team like he did in Buffalo? Or are we seeing a different one?
1: I think it's going to be different because he doesn't have to do as much. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to basically dominate every shift because he's got like line mates and stuff. He doesn't have to like go end to end and all that stuff because he's got guys he could pass to mm-hmm. and guys that can finish, like Pacioretty, uh, who needs to kind of get going because Stone's out for like long term, which we, we didn't mention, but he's out long term in quotation marks. Pulling a Kucherov with Tampa from last year. Looks Dude, really I don't I don't convenient. think it's gonna be
0: that long though. Like I think it's gonna be like a month and they are gonna have to bring it back. Uh, then what
1: do you do? Like are you gonna trade like Sonic like Smith? Because I think they're they would be five or six million over the cap.
0: That's their problem. They have to figure it out very soon. Like they they're obviously drawing it on their boards in their management room by now. Like they have to be, but going back to like, like you said, like I think it is a different ICO, like, we're gonna see more defensive. Vegas loves defense. They love to play defense. And especially with Robin Leonard having a short, like, they're all bruised up, man. Like, Vegas, too, is one of those teams. They get the bug. They ain't winning. Like, and they have a guy going fresh off, like, neck surgery, basically, is coming in, and they hope he doesn't get injured because he's their best player when healthy. So, Mm
1: -hmm. Vegas,
0: man, they stay healthy. They're a dangerous squad in the Western Conference. And Eichel definitely helps that. Um, Yeah.
1: it's kind of a testament to, like, how well they've done. Like, obviously, the, they're in the weaker Pacific, but they're, like, been top two all year. They've had Stone, Pacioretty, William Carlson, mm-hmm. Leonard, Alec Martinez. Yeah. Ike obviously hasn't played. They traded away Tuck, so that was losing depth. So they've had so many guys hurt, COVID, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're still they've been, like, kind of obviously in a playoff spot the whole time. So, obviously, Stone's not there. Martinez is out. Leonard's still out. So it's still the full team is still like the chemistry is still not all there yet, too.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens with Vegas. They're a monster, though. Um, another game goes tonight Canada versus USA women's gold medal game goes tonight at 11 o'clock. That will be a special one. I don't know if you're going to be staying up for that one, but I definitely will because it's the most, it's like I-, I think who said on the radio, I think it was the boys in overdrive. It's the Super Bowl of the Olympics. Like everyone drops and goes to watch it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And especially when you compare it to the men's
0: mm-hmm. well, yeah. for
1: both these countries, both of these men's teams just bowed out today. Embarrassingly, I, I might add USA mm-hmm. losing to Slovakia on a shootout and then Canada getting shut out by Sweden. Um, so obviously all the focus on the, on the women's side, because for the women's it's always best on best that goes. And it's always Canada versus us that plays for the gold medal. It seems like, um, but I'll I'll tune in to like probably the first period because I have to wake up early for work tomorrow, <laughs> so I can't stay up for the whole game. And I'll see what happens when I wake up, obviously. But I I feel pretty good about Canada's chances. They were much better overall throughout the tournament than US was, because it wasn't like US it was like one one. Yeah, very close game. Yep, very close games they are qualifying. Yeah, the only close game is when these two teams played in the preliminary Mm -hmm. and Canada won that one. So I'm pretty confident Canada could win. Um, But again, we'll see. That's how they play the games. So that's exciting. Hopefully, Captain Clutch, (laughs) Marie-Flea Poulin pulls her antics again. All she is is Clutch. So I expect you to, to, I don't know if they'll win. I, I expect them to win. But I'm sure she'll be contributing in a big way no matter what the outcome of the score is.
0: Yep, they need to get revenge for, for what happened four years ago and that monstrosity of a rule called the shootout in a game, in a, basically, yeah, game seven in the gold medal game. So they took that out now. It's full continuous OT. Uh, so they adapted uh, to the rules, unlike the NHL, but whatever. Um, quick news Leafs claimed Adam Brooks back from Vegas. He's been on waivers four times this year. So, he's back with the Leafs. Hopefully, he doesn't go back on waivers. Um, definition we'll
1: move on. of a wave rider.
0: V- very, very definition of a wave rider. We'll go to the Hard Hat Award. Uh, award to the best player in the NHL the past week of play. I'll go with my guy first. And it's the guy who got traded, basically, for ICO going the other way to Buffalo. He's had a very, very solid year. Alex Tuck has been having. Uh, two goals, four assists, six points since we last recorded last Thursday. So, not even a full week. He's had six points. He's been... I I, like I've wanted this guy in the Leafs so bad. He reminds, like he just is a perfect right-handed guy, power forward. He can skate. I've always wanted the Leafs to acquire this guy. Obviously they're not because he got traded to Buffalo and he was one of the main pieces in that trade, but he is a nice piece for the Buffalo Sabres going forward. Uh, Could be one of their best players to be honest, like going forward through this whole rebuild process and getting good. He's going to be one of those leaders. I can totally see this guy being named captain, being from the Buffalo area and the way he plays. It's very hard-nosed. Uh, sad to see Wild give up on him so early, trading him for yeah. just to Vegas for nothing, basically. He's thriving in Vegas. Injuries hasn't helped. Injuries again this year. But going to Buffalo, he's having a solid year.
1: Yeah, he's been great. And like you said, I think that the fact that he's from Buffalo kind of gives him that extra motivation to like yeah. help bring the franchise back into like relevancy and all that stuff. And he was always a solid player on, on Vegas. Obviously they had to trade him to get Eichel. He was one, he was probably like a second main piece behind Peyton Krebs being probably the main prospect piece in that deal. So Tuck, I think he's only like 25, 26. So he's still relatively young for the most part. Um, he has had a solid, that's a solid pick there. And I'm going to go with another young guy, and um, Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. Uh, the, since we last recorded it as well, he has four goals, one assist. Three uh, of those five points have been on the power play. And that line of him, Pavelski, and Hintz is the only reason, <laughs> along with Ottinger's uh, goaltending, the only reason that Dallas has been relevant this year. Mm-hmm. Because outside of that, Ben, and well, Sagan's actually played a lot better recently, but Ben, he is stealing nine mil at this point. Um, so that line is just is very underrated, obviously, because it's the stars and whatever they don't get as much attention, That's and true. they're kind of fighting for a playoff spot currently. But Jason Robertson, the young uh, forward, he was a rookie last year, obviously building upon a strong rookie season with an even better sophomore mm-hmm. year. He's really he's a really good player for them, and I, he's my hard hat pick for this week.
0: Yeah, he's awesome to watch. Like just a big guy, you can score. Like back to back twenty goal years. I think he's a fifth-round pick or third-round pick, something around there. Something like that. Unbelievable. Uh, So, yeah, two solid picks from us. We'll go into the not-so-solid picks in the Golden Plunger. So flush the toilet for us. And, yeah, every time we do this, both those teams, players, whatever we choose, are very deserving of this award. I'll go first again. you know, the Red Wings, they look up and coming. They do. They really do. But besides Philip will I, 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 maybe even just besides Moritz Cider, but I'll include Horonic there because he actually has a decent number of points and he's pretty good. The Red Wings decor is my golden plunger this week. Um, just for the whole year, I found some stats. I d- did some digging into their stats. Their whole defensive core, besides Cider, besides Horonik, is a minus 40 on the season. So that's not good. And then. Besides those two players, they only have three goals from the defense. I think Sider has five, and I believe Horonic has six. But I didn't include those guys. So the other guys, I think it's Osterle, Mark Stahl, Danny DeKaiser, Troy Stetcher. I think those guys have a combined four goals for those Red Wings team. Um, they like Joe, I don't know if you look at the standings, but they're like eight points out of a playoff spot. You get more goals, you get more wins, you get more saves from these guys. You get more defense. You win these games. You can be talking about a playoff conversation for the Red Wings. They've been that good this year. They have had an improvement. But defense has seemed to be their thing this year that they can't really get consistently. Like, it's high-scoring games for that team.
1: Yeah, like you you said, they could score a lot. I did not know they were that close of a playoff. Yeah. I know, like, Larkin, Bertuzzi, obviously, Raymond, Sider. Those guys have been unreal this year. And then Nadalkovic has been pretty, has been honestly good in that, considering what you just said about their decor. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I think like they're still they're on the right track. Detroit, like you said, those guys they need to get because a lot of those guys you listed off are like not long term pieces, other than Sider and Hronik. Um, I think they either need to maybe trade for a like a like a veteran defenseman maybe <laughs> well they
0: this offseason they did trade for letty and he's awful this year
1: oh god the guy's a pylon the guy just skates he doesn't know how to defend uh, i actually forgot that he was on the team to be fully honest with you um but yeah like detroit i think they just need maybe a stable presence i don't know where that would come from not not a washed up mark stall i don't even get why they resigned him he sucked um, but, yeah, so that's a solid pick there for the plunger. And then mm-hmm. my pick is actually the kind of the opposite <laughs> in the sense of philosophy is the Seattle Kraken. So it's the whole team, every everything about the franchise. First of all, they had a terrible draft, and they wanted to prioritize goaltending and defense. Fine. You're going to build your team off that? Sure. You're going to win close games if, if you're going to win games and stuff like that. Then, in the offseason, after this expansion draft, they signed Gru Bauer to a massive deal. Obviously, he, I, I said it from the beginning that he looked – the Colorado Avalanche team made him look good rather than he made – he was part of that being good. Like, he was solid. He got nominated for the Vesna, But I wasn't sold that he was a starting, like, star Goldie. And this year has proved me right. Yeah. He's been awful. Then they signed, like, Jamie Alexiak to a massive extension. They signed, like um, – What's his name? Oh, Adam Larson to a four-year extension. Like, they signed all these big, tough defensive defensemen to these long-term deals before even playing a game, and they suck. Like, they're awful. Like, it's just McCann's the only good forward. Everly somehow, it's the all-star game. He's not even that good. Mm -hmm. Donnie Gord, who they're obsessed with, that they (laughs) like, oh, this guy's going to be amazing. He's been, like, average at best. The only one that that was good was McCann, and they should flip him at the deadline to get a a good haul back. They could trade Giordano, but they Mm -hmm. need captain. Um, (laughs) But just, like, like, the worst part about that draft is that they made no side deals like Vegas did. Vegas got tucked that we just talked about because Minnesota had to make a side deal. Mm -hmm. And they did none of that. That's why everyone, like, saw the draft. Like, oh, that's not a good team. Teresenko is available and they got Vince Dunn. Okay. That was, that's weird. Oh, maybe there's some side deals. Nope. There was zero
0: Nothing. zeros after yeah, that.
1: Yeah. And then they have just been awful. Like you saw them versus the Leafs the other night, like <sighs> letting a shorthanded a goal, oh, you know, my six God. goals on like 20 shots. Pretty good.
0: Like, and the thing is like they scored the second goal. McCann scored an awful goal. It was an awful goal. Still a goal. Their fans are so excited, though. Like, that's the bad thing about it. Like, their fans don't really, like, know what they got themselves into because it's a new team. You're going to cheer every goal, but they were so happy. And then the outcomes are just every night loss. Like, it's really bad. So, like you said, Jeremy McCann, dude, some people, some teams are going to pony up for this guy. First-round pick prospect. Similar to a Toffoli deal, maybe less, but, you know, he's – I think he's an RFA or UFA at the end of this year, so – Oof, I mean, whoever's signing that guy. And like you said about Giordano, a 38-year-old who you just named captain is their best defenseman um, with, I believe he has 20 points in 40 games or something like that, which is really good for a 38-year-old. Uh, but naming him captain and then trading him at the deadline in the same year, like, oof, that's got to be a, look, a bad look for that team. But you got to yeah. do what you got to do, right? Like If a team comes to you and says, hey, I'm, t- I'm getting this guy, what do you want? You name it, they do it, right? Like, you got to do it.
1: Exactly, and like I don't, I don't know why they even named him captain. They're just gone the first year, no captain. Give Jordanelle the A. Yeah, There's no
0: need yeah. to give him
1: captain. Like mm-hmm. I don't get that at all either.
0: Yeah, especially if they knew he was going to get a hot commodity come the trade deadline. But anyways, that's another story. Um, we're gonna go into what you say, Jason. We'll be playing. And this is the funniest quote from the week, from either a player, coach, management, whatever. I don't know if you saw this one. But it's pretty pretty hilarious. Ovi came back to the lineup with a special greeting from his teammates in the locker room. The Capitals' locker room entrance to go onto the ice for warmth is the best videos I've ever seen. Them and the <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes are pretty good. But the Capitals uh, wished Ovi back with a nice little song here. So go ahead and hear this. Back, back, back again. Ovi's, Ovi's back. Tell her friend. Yes, who's back. Guess who's back. Yes, who's back. Yes, who's back. I mean, you know, for a guy who's Russian, for a guy who doesn't speak good English to the media, I mean, to his teammates, he speaks awesome English, and he could obviously have the vocals too.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ovi, the guy's a character, like you said. We've been saying it on this podcast for a long time now. And like you said, their their tunnel videos are like, they make no sense. Like <laughs> No, they're
0: stupid, yeah.
1: 30, like mid-30s and 30-year-olds, like acting like five-year-olds. And it's, <laughs> it's hilarious because they... The, the they just film it every game and it's like the same or it's like they have their like the routines and they just yell at each other
0: it's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, we'll move on to the Battle buds, which Battle of the Buds, which I don't love right now. Uh, I went one and two in the last week. you went two and one. and if you could see well obviously you're listening, you can't see the game I lost, but the New Jersey Devils beat the St. Louis Blues on their own barn, which the New Jersey Devils don't very, win very often, but they did against me. Uh, So, my record for the season is 16-11. and Yours is 23-4. and I don't know. Like, I kind of went with slam dunks this week for a bit. But I don't know. Like, I just got to gain some ground. But I'll go into my games and picks this week. I got the Blues again. Hopefully, they don't disappoint against the bad Montreal Canadiens team tomorrow night. I'm taking the Blues in that one. I'm taking the Panthers over the Blackhawks on February 20th. And I'm taking the Flames to are home to the Jets on February 21st.
1: Cool, cool. Yeah, I don't know how I'm still winning so many of these games. And, like, the one I lost, which was Hurricanes at Wild, was literally a coin flip game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, it was, like, a shoot. I think it was or 3-2, or
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, so it was a very close game. So, I mean, it, that's why I always like choosing some of the coin flips. But I always got to pick a slam dunk. So, my slam dunk of this week I think it's Bruins at Islanders because the Islanders have just, I think completely fallen off. Like I think they should be in Selmo to be fully honest. Yeah. Um. Because I, I don't like, we haven't really had this conversation yet about the Islanders, but obviously they had so many COVID and injuries at the start of the year, but they just, they can't score goals like plain and simple. Like they lost like six, three to Buffalo like yesterday. I'm pretty sure. Um, And they like, they're, you know, Varlamov's been bad and Sorokin's been hurt and in and out of the lineup and like ju- their team just fell apart after the last couple of like playoff runs where they went to the conference finals and it just fell off this year. I'm not really sure what happened, um, but I think they're, they should start looking at some UFAs around like specifically Chara and guys like that and start looking at offers that they could get assets back for. Um So, side tangent aside, I have the Bruins winning at New York Islanders uh, February 17th. Then I have, this is kind of a coin flip, Ducks at Canucks, uh, Canucks are at home. So, I'll have them winning at home on February 19th. And then I have the Golden Knights with Jack Eichel in tow at San Jose Sharks February 20th. And I have the Golden Knights winning there on the road.
0: Yeah, it's a massive rivalry game for them. Jack Eichel's schedule start is started, not very easy for that Golden Knights no. team. But he's a good player, so he could probably get. He's probably one of the players you could pick to get through that rough stretch. Um, Joe Spicy Meatball, is there one thawing? Is there one in the fridge, freezer, ready to go?
1: Oh, no, there is one, and it's okay. all because of the trade that was made this past week.
0: Okay.
1: So my spicy meatball now—it's pretty obvious what it's going to be—is that the Calgary Flames will go minimum to the Western Conference Finals this year. So not the cut co- like minimum, so they get to the Conference Finals.
0: Yep, 100%. Actually, no, not 100%, but I'll say, yeah. Calgary okay. Flames are, you know, it's one of those things, they haven't really died off this year, even though maybe for two games. And then they had that COVID thing outbreak before the break, the break that they had to take because of the calgary flames they started the whole thing so they really and the only the other thing is the only thing that would say make me say no they have not gotten an injury on like russo mentioned no one's been injured for that team all year no one
1: they've been they've been pretty lucky in that sense so
0: far. so one like johnny gudrow goes down i won't say season over but you like you may have to make another trade just to fill the spot in because I don't think Tavoli would be enough to replace Johnny Goudreau and what he does. But I'm going to say, yeah, this team looks like a wagon. They have the goalie that can get you there. They have the scoring that can, that, that can get you there. And ultimately, like you said, Joe, if they get another defenseman, they have the def- defense to go there and mm-hmm. underratedly, they have the coach that can get them there. Daryl Sutter. Like he's been there through thick and through with the Calgary fames for that matter in 2004 and with the Kings multiple times. So, I don't know. Like, we haven't mentioned him for the Jack Adams, but he definitely could be in that conversation.
1: Yeah, I think now that – because we did our midseason awards a few weeks ago, but now Calgary went on the seven-game winning streak since I think we did that video. <laughs> yeah. So, they've just been rolling. Like you said, they to Toffoli. Like, they're they're a pretty good dark horse to come out of the West. Like you said, like, I just have one that one question mark of adding maybe one more defenseman. I don't know if it's a top four or top six but just one more guy and then just like you said staying healthy because I mm-hmm. think they've probably been the healthiest team all year long um so hopefully that continues for them <laughs> for Russo's sake because he knows what this offseason could could come down to if yep. his team doesn't um go go on a run at the very least so I I have faith because like you said this this Calgary team reminds me of that of the Kings teams now like they have the top end talent they have the depth they have the structure of Sutter they have the goaltending of Markstrom now like I guess like quick Mm -hmm. not quite as dominant but like that maybe the defense is not where it is they don't have that stud number one slam dunk you know, defenseman that Drew Doughty was for the Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they can't get that now. Um, it's just they don't have that right now. But it's starting to look similar to those type of teams where they can play hard. They have the, those third and fourth lines, specifically that fourth line. It's just like a pure Kings fourth line. where are just hitting, hitting, grinding with Lucic in there and stuff like that. So they got a lot of good things going on um it'd be nice to see them go on a run Mm -hmm. for the first time in a long time so we'll see what happens there
0: yep they can't get over that hump of the second round first round they just haven't been able to the last few years uh I don't yeah like the last time they got past second round I believe was the finals like in 2004 right so
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's been a long time because they made it I think second round in in Goudreau Monaghan's like rookie year or Mm -hmm. something like that and yeah, they haven't been to the second round since then. That's six, seven years ago now. So,
0: and like you said, Joe, if this is the, if like you're gonna pick a season, this is the one you want to do that in because like the UFA's and RFA's coming up, it's just you can't put that pressure and not do anything in the playoffs. But we'll see what the Flames. Happy for Canada if that even happens. So, yeah, uh, that's a nice uh, spicy meatball. I don't know if we have any last words, but my last words would be. Go Canada! Go! Women's game tonight. Gold medal game next recording. We'll mention who won or who lost. Hopefully, it's Canada though.
1: Yeah, mine is same. Go Canada! Go! Get revenge from 2018. Huland, be clutch again, and then we'll be good.
0: We'll be good. All right, end to end. We'll be back next week. Join us then.
1: Woo!